0: What up and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, James Erpine. Jake out again today, but I promise he will be back better than ever, well-rested and energized for our weekend mailbag. He's going to be doing the show alone tomorrow. Meanwhile, for us today, we're stacked, we're packed, we're loaded, just like we were yesterday. It doesn't feel like the offseason because there's a, a lot to discuss When it comes to this Cincinnati Bengals team. We're going to start out with free agency. There are a lot of quality free agents available. The Bengals, where do they come in? Should they be interested? Should they not be interested? Are they set? Are they not? There's a lot I want to discuss in that realm. And it's not just offensive line. And it certainly isn't just Larry Warford. And I want to get your take as well. So that's topic A. But we have plenty on tap for the show. We're going to discuss something Bengals legend Chad Johnson did earlier this week. And considering what's going on in the world, and I get it, he's a generous guy. He loves everybody, but it's worth mentioning on the podcast as well. And Jonah Williams working out with Joe Staley. We will discuss that and so much more on this edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Let's start out now with free agency. We know how active the Bengals have been this offseason. It was unprecedented, the moves that they made. Is it enough? Are you satisfied? Should they be satisfied? This is your Locked on Bengals lead story. I'm James Rapine. When you look at this Bengals team, every move they made this offseason, for the most part, it made sense, right? And you might have a a weakness or two that they haven't shored up, right? I think the offensive line is one we all agree they could improve on, they could get better at, they should add, they should be aggressive in trying to keep Joe Burrow upright. I think that's something naturally outside of the Bengals uh, organization and the coaching staff, everyone's a little bit concerned about because you just, there's so many question marks and Jake and I have talked about it right here on the podcast, but I made a list of all the top free agents at every position. And I get it, the Bengals aren't interested in a free agent wide receiver right now, right? They're not interested in a free agent running back. They're stacked at those positions. So there's some positions where it was irrelevant. But I did this whole thing at allbengals.com. So if you want a list of free agents to look at, you can do that. And I think it's a pretty good group. And when I did that, and then I thought about the Bengals having $16.5 million in cap space after they signed their free agent class. Okay, so that's after you sign Joe Burrow, after you sign Marcus Bailey and everyone in between, you still have $16.5 million in cap space. Well, that's enough to re-sign Joe Mixon, which we talked about on yesterday's pod. That's enough to extend A.J. Green. You can do both of those things and still have some cap space. And while I get it, you, you can roll it over, you can carry it over, you could be open to that, at the same time, it's the part of free agency where we're used to the Bengals being aggressive. Right, for years and years and years, this is when they made their mark. It was right when they weren't going to get charged a, a compensatory pick, and it wasn't going to hurt their compensatory picks. That's when they would be aggressive in free agency, right? And they'd go get, uh, you know, they got so many different players from Brandon LaFell, who was obviously productive, James Harrison, who was not productive, all these different guys that they ended up getting. By the way, they should have signed Carlos Dansby that year. Really cost them. They could signed Carlos Dansby a couple years later, and he wasn't the same guy. Anyways, this is the time we're used to them being aggressive. And I I think I I look at this list and there are plenty of players out there, not just Larry Warford, which we've covered here on Locked on Bengals, but multiple offensive linemen that could potentially help your depth. Jason Peters, another one that comes to mind. Fine. He's a big name. It's not going to make sense. What about a DeMar Dotson from Tampa Bay, a 34-year-old tackle? He's made 15 starts or he made 15 starts last year. He's played in... Uh, at least 1,000 snaps in each of the past two years, he's just out there. And he had a 71 PFF grade last season. Those are the type of players that you can get a bargain on now. What about a Jabal Sheard, a defensive end? Uh, You you know, a a guy who's been extremely durable for Indianapolis, a Super Bowl champion that can help set the edge, that can take the pressure off of, of Khalid Kareem, who is really one injury away from getting significant snaps this year. So there are options here, and it's not just offensive line. What about backup quarterback? There are plenty of established backups, and I know what Zach Taylor said a couple of weeks ago. I wrote about it, and I get it, and I've criticized it, and I will get into that in a little bit, but there are options, and they have money, and that's the delicate part about this now. If you're the Bengals, how far do you go? How far do you push? I think you got to keep pushing. That doesn't mean you're giving up future assets or anything like that, but a one-year deal with Jabal Sheard isn't going to hurt anybody. A one-year deal with uh, any any of these edge guys or any of these offensive linemen, all of that's going to do is increase your depth. Help your depth and show that you're willing to put the necessary pieces around Burrow. And, and honestly, not even show it. Forget showing it. It's doing it. Because I, I think that the, the perception is one thing, but what they've done this offseason has been extremely productive. They deserve a ton of credit for being aggressive and doing what they did in free agency. At the same time, why stop now? Why stop now and say, nope, we're good. We don't need a lineman that's clearly better than Bobby Hart. I don't believe they're saying that. I think that they were open to drafting an Isaiah Wilson. I think, and I was really bullish if you read my work, Uh, I thought for sure it was Isaiah Wilson at 33 if he was there. I I was locked in on it. I mocked it multiple times. Just based on what I had heard, reading between the tea leaves, I think that would have been the pick. It wasn't because he went to Tennessee in round one. So I, I think they know that they have to improve the offensive line. That They know that they have to get better there. And so that's just one of the many areas where I look at what's out there versus what they have, and I say, all right, so there's cap space. You've been aggressive this season. You clearly want to show that you're all in on winning, and you're apparently all in on winning, right? I mean, that's just the reality of it. That's what they've conveyed all offseason, and their actions have certainly backed that up. So why wouldn't you go after these guys? Like, like the, the more I think about it, the more I, I come to the conclusion that they are in on Larry Warford. It doesn't mean that they're going to get him, But why would you not look at a three-time Pro Bowler and say, we're good, we have Xavier Suofilo, who I'm not going to call him a bust, but for the 33rd overall pick, he never signed a second contract in Houston, didn't start in Dallas, and he's played six NFL seasons. What's he done? So I want to move this conversation forward a bit, because if it isn't going to be offensive line, and we've covered Larry Warford plenty, Jason Peters as well, I think we would all go in on those guys. Damar Dotson, another one. But if it's not that, what is it? And this is the fun. Since Jake isn't here, I want to have a little fun because he's doing tomorrow's show. So what I want you guys to do as you listen to this, and if you need a full list of the free agents, just check it out, allbengals.com. It was the lead story on Wednesday. Should still be one of the headlining stories on Thursday as you listen to this. Tweet Jake, and you could copy me on this if you want. But tweet Jake, at Jake underscore NFL, at James Rapinoe on Twitter. What free agent you want. You can't pick Larry Warford because we would all pick him. You can't pick Jason Peters because I think a lot of us would pick him. Outside of that, who would you want as a fan? You don't need to give him context. This can be between us, you the listener, me the host, and we'll leave Jake out of it. And he'll be like, why are people tweeting me these random free agents? And he's going to be like, why are you tweeting me this? Just ignore him. It'll be a fun joke. Fun little practical joke while uh while Jake's enjoying the day off. I, I think that that's, one, it can gauge and tag Locked on Bengals in it as well on Twitter. A lot of you follow that Locked On Bengals account as well. Tag that as well because then I'll see it for sure if you don't include me. And I'm gonna love it. Cause he's gonna be like, Why are all of these names being tweeted to me? Why are all of these free agent names? What is it? And you just don't give any context. Don't say, Oh, well, James said on lockdown. Nope. Don't say anything. Just tweet at him, Jabal Sheard. Or just tweet at him, insert whatever whatever free agent you think of. And and they're all listed here. I mean, I'm looking from Lamar Miller to LaShawn McCoy, Taylor Gabriel, uh, Delaney Walker, Charles Clay, Ed Dixon. And I've seen some people talk about tight end. I wouldn't be surprised there if that's a, a popular option for those that, that want the Bengals to add another free agent. Doma a free agent, maybe you, you do that. Ezekiel Ansa, uh, Ansa uh, Michael Bennett's out there, Cam Wake, Jabal Sheard, like I mentioned, Kerry Wynn, I mean, there, there's a ton. And again, if you're looking for the list, ooh, another one, Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews out there. I, I say no, but you know, if you, th- this is up to you and this is the fun of it. He is gonna have zero context about it and I think it would be fun. It would at least amuse me And hopefully it would amuse you Um, because, again, I think that the Bengals, there are still holes. I look at this roster. Linebacker is one where they've shored up. I can't see them going after a Clay Matthews or anyone like that. It just doesn't make sense. Cornerback, same thing. I get it long-term. They're not under contract, but you're not adding a long-term piece at this stage of free agency. This is much more of a short-term. Outside of Larry Warford, none of these guys are long-term pieces. Um, so linebacker, I can't see. Corner, I can't see. Safety, nope, especially with Sean Williams still on the roster. So you've addressed all that. Really, the only defensive positions, you could see defensive tackle, I guess, but it would be edge. I think edge makes a lot of sense. And then on offense, it's really the offensive line. I get it. There's question marks at linebacker. And there, you could make the argument, oh, well, you want to add proven talent there. At the same time, you need to see what some of these guys are. It's going to be hard enough to get Akeem Davis-Gaither enough snaps to get him developed, right? And and I think they'll be able to, but you don't want to bring another guy in there to clog up the depth chart even more. So to me, offensive line, defensive line. Add in the trenches. I think that makes a ton of sense. Ton of sense. What say you? Uh, We will get to your reactions. Like I said, I'm going to laugh my tail off. Just flood Jake. Just flood Jake with free agent names that you want. And uh, I'm sure he will enjoy it. And if not, we will. So I appreciate you in advance for doing that. Let's uh, keep things rolling here on Locked on Bengals. Up next, we're going to discuss the offensive line. Jonah Williams working out with Joe Staley. But first, I do want to talk about the quarterback situation. Because I think it is relevant. I think it's worth discussing, spending a few minutes on. Because that's the other dark horse here, right? Some of you might say, go get a backup quarterback for Joe Burrow. We will discuss who's out there and if it makes sense next. But I got to talk about Built Bar right now because Built Bar is the best protein bar on the planet. I'm not kidding you. I've eaten protein bar after protein bar over the past six or seven years. You know, once you hit 21, 22, you start to try to really get in shape at those post-college years. That's what I've done or tried to do. I wouldn't say I'm in great shape, but Built Bar is the best protein bar I've found to hit your macros, packed with protein, tastes great, it isn't chalky, it isn't powdery, it isn't tough to to get down or anything like that. And a lot of them are 150 calories, 130 calories with really low sugar. You have 16 different flavors from Built Bar. Again, protein packed. Uh, Back-to-back days, I've gone with the coconut almond. I have peanut butter in there as well. I'm gonna have to order more. I've been eating Built Bars for months, uh, probably close to a year. And, I, and I'm bad at time, but it's been a long time, and if you haven't tried them yet, a lot of people have tweeted us their orders. Do it. You won't regret it. I wouldn't steer you wrong. It's a product I use every day, certainly something uh, during quarantine as you're working towards that summer bod that can help you. Built Bar, and right now, since you're listening to this podcast, go to builtbar.com, Use promo code Locked On. You're gonna save ten bucks off your first box. Promo code locked on saves ten dollars off your first order. It's that simple. Do it. You can thank me later again. Builtbar.com. Promo code locked on.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: Welcome back into the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine, and let's continue the free agency conversation because to me, it's worth having a discussion about the Bengals quarterback situation. It just is. And no, I'm not talking about Joe Burrow. But when you look at Burrow, and this offseason, he's the number one pick, and I, I praised his leadership on yesterday's show. And I think he's extremely mature, and I think he can handle it. There's a difference between handling things and trying to make life easier on the guy who can handle it or on the employee who can handle it. I think Burrow can handle it. He's going to be able to handle not having the best offensive line in the world. He's going to be able to handle having a second-year head coach who has yet to establish himself in the NFL. I think he's going to be able to handle having Ryan Finley and Jake DeLagala as his backup quarterbacks. But that doesn't mean the Bengals should be okay with that. Now look at some of the guys available. I think a couple of them could help out. And obviously Cam Newton is the number one free agent quarterback available. And while we would all sign up for Cam Newton on a minimum deal because he'd be the best backup quarterback maybe in NFL history, uh, it's not going to happen. So let's scratch him off the list here, which uh, again, I put together that, that list that I'm just going down now. and So Joe Flacco, Matt Moore, Trevor Simeon, Drew Stanton, Josh McCown, Blake Bortles, Cody Kessler, Brandon Allen. Okay, so half of those guys pass, right? To me, the ones that stand out are Blake Bortles. He started an AFC title game. He, so he's got playoff experience. He went third overall, I believe, in 2014. So he's been there, done that. From the the pressures of being a franchise savior, he's done that. He came from the Rams last year, signed a one-year deal last offseason, so he's familiar with Sean McVay's offense. I'm sure he'll be able to pick up the Bengals offense right away and help Burrow some if he needs to. Joe Flacco, another one. He's dealing with an injury. I get it. Everyone hates him because of what he did in Baltimore and those things. But the the knowledge that Joe Flacco, a Super Bowl M V P can bring at this stage of his career, assuming he's willing to accept that role. And I don't think he has a choice, by the way. I, I don't think he has any choice. I think he knows that he's going to have to be a backup and then who knows what happens from here it's kind of like Andy Dalton right he's a, he's an older more successful earlier in his career Andy Dalton who in both have struggled in recent seasons Matt Moore another one that I think could help if he's well you know if he's available and a guy who's you know coming back and playing he's played in a bunch of different offenses played with Tony Pike in Carolina shout out to Tony he played at Kansas City at times. So he, he spent time, he's bounced around the league, Miami. So Matt Moore is a guy I, I would pay attention to. And then the other one, and I don't know if he still wants to play, but Josh McCown. I think Josh McCown's the perfect backup as, as far as a, a mentor goes. One, is he willing to? Two, how is he health-wise? Three, he's like 47,000 years old. So so th- just, there's a lot there. But to me, a guy like Josh McCown... I don't know about you guys, but that that that's the kind of the prototypical quarterback. Now, if Joe Flacco is willing to be a mentor, then I would take him because of his age, because of his ability to still play at a, a decent level. Like if Joe Burrow goes down for two games, who are you trust to to win more, Joe Flacco or Ryan Finley? Part of this is about winning, and there are fans out there, and they've tweeted me, and I get this opinion. It's just the I don't even want to say the wrong opinion. It's just not how the Bengals think. It's not how organizations think. If Joe Burrow were, to God forbid, get injured even for a game, even for a quarter, and we hope it doesn't happen, we hope he plays all four quarters of all 16 games and beyond, right? That's just what we hope. If that were to happen, Ryan Finley coming in, does he give them a better shot to win or does Joe Flacco? Because the Bengals are going to want to win. They're not going to punt the season and think about the draft in mid-October. It's just not what they're going to do. They invested too much in free agency, too much into this roster. It's just not going to happen. Heck, they didn't pack up last year. Three weeks of Ryan Finn, they're like, man, he's costing us games. We're going right back to Andy. They go back to Andy, win right away. They almost beat Miami, and then they win the season finale. They were much, much more competitive. The goal with this team this year is to be competitive. The goal with this team is to put its best foot forward. And you might get one of these guys for a million bucks. Like, are, are we sure Joe Flacco is going to cost a bunch of money? I'm not Blake Bortles. I'm not hell. Blake Bortles isn't even thirty yet; he's twenty-eight years old. Million dollars, I'll take that. Hey, come in, non-guaranteed deal, Blake, and we'll uh, we'll see what you got and compete with Ryan Finley, compete with Jake Dolagala, and may the best man win for the the backup job. I think that's a a good plan. So the Bengals can say they're set at quarterback, but I think it's foolish to say that. One, it's May. Two, you have cap space. Three, you have question marks. And you might like those young guys, but one of these veterans might fall into your lap just hoping to compete for the backup job. If I could just bring Blake Bortles in two months from now, it doesn't have to be now, two months from now, bring him in and say, all right, Blake, you're competing with these guys. Why wouldn't you do it? I think it makes sense. So it's, I'm not saying go out tomorrow. And go sign a backup because Joe Bro needs a backup. And if he doesn't have a backup, then he's going to be awful. No, I'm not saying that. But if you can get a, a proven player with great value or, or for great value, I think it makes a ton of sense. All right, let's transition here. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. Jake out today. He'll be back tomorrow with your weekend mailbag and more here on Locked On Bengals. We, we split up this week a little bit. We split up this week a little bit, but uh, we'll be back together uh together soon but uh tomorrow jake is steering the ship here on locked on Bengals. let's uh let's dive into this because i i I think it is worth mentioning and and i think we did last week a little bit when we talked about the offensive line but jonah williams working out with joe staley do you guys see this at Bengals.com? so jonah williams the 11th overall pick in last year's nfl draft the Bengals excited to get him and put him at left tackle well he's been working out with joe staley in san diego yeah, that, that Joe Staley, the six-time Pro Bowler who just recently retired. But Staley played 181 games. We know what he did. And, and, and I thought that this quote is worth mentioning here. William said, it's a huge benefit for me. Joe's a guy I like to model my game after. Joe's extremely athletic, but also extremely technical and a very smart player. He's That's the kind of tact I like to take, just being the most prepared guy out there a lot of nuggets out there that I could take from him and be able to combine them with Coach Turner's coaching and then hear it from Joe. This is where you have to be wary when you do this or anything he tells me probably experienced in a game a hundred times. I love it. I love this stuff. Because that mindset... And I just put this together as I was reading that quote. But think about all the stuff I said about Joe Burrow on yesterday's show, how he's a worker, how he's a leader, all of these things. And then I think about Jonah Williams. And this is the dude that built a gym, a workout room at his parents' house because he wanted to get stronger and he wanted to get bigger. It's that elite level commitment. And another thing that that is worth mentioning when it comes to Jonah Williams, because there's obvious question marks. The Bengals love him. They think highly of him. They think he's going to be a plug-and-play starting left tackle and end up being a a high-end quality offensive lineman in this league. I remember watching the Belichick Saban documentary or feature or whatever you want to call it. And I, 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 I forget exactly what it was called. It was on HBO. And it came out, it was well before I was on this podcast, uh, or returned to this podcast. It was when Jake and Joe were doing the show. Uh, I was in Cleveland, and I watched this. And they show Belichick and Saban interacting on the pro day, at Alabama's pro day before the 2019 NFL draft. And Bill's like, hey, man, any of these guys any good? (laughs) You know how you'd say to a friend, any of these guys any good? And he's like, "Oh yeah, I think you need to be paying attention to the the defensive lineman and Jonah." And he's like, "Oh Jonah, where's Jonah play inside outside?" And Saban says he can play anywhere. And and that has stuck with me the whole time. Now I'm paraphrasing it, but without flinching, Saban to his colleague mentor, well not mentor but colleague, a guy he's been in the business with for thirty plus years, coached with in Cleveland together, like these guys. They communicate all the time. And he said, oh, he could play anywhere. So extremely high on Jonah Williams is Nick Saban. So the Bengals are high on him. Nick Saban's high on him. And and let's be real here. I think there's a lot of reasons why people should be high on Joe Williams. I get it. Jonah Williams. There's arm length question marks. People wonder if he's going to ultimately be a left tackle. Should he not be? I, I don't know. Here's what I do know. The Bengals love him. Nick Saban loved him. And Nick Saban told one of his best friends in the business, he can play anywhere and he's one of these guys you need to watch out for and be on the lookout for. And he fell to the Bengals at 11. I'll take it. I don't know about you, but I'll take it. All right, up next, an act of generosity. Something that I wish I could do. Unfortunately, I just don't got it like that. But our man, Chad, does. We'll get to that next on the Locked On Bengals podcast.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Let's keep things rolling here with an act of generosity in a time of need and a dark time for a lot of us. I think we've all been impacted in one way or the other outside of just quarantining by COVID-19, whether it's a family member potentially getting it, and I hope that isn't the case for any of you, uh, whether it's loss of job, whether it's anything like that. We've all been impacted financially, emotionally, uh, at some point during this pandemic. What I saw from a guy who's my favorite Bengals player of all time because of my age range and, and just watching him. what I saw from Chad Johnson this week deserves a shout out. It deserves more than that, but it's it just, it, it's, it's so meaningful and I get it. It's a, a restaurant. I think he goes to regularly or usually goes to a decent amount in Florida, but Chad Johnson left a $1,000 tip on a $37 bill. The bill was $37 and 40 cents. He left $1,000 And he said, quote, congrats on reopening. Sorry about the pandemic. Hope this helps. I love you. And then when he tweeted that, and he tweeted it a few days ago, he quoted Proverbs 11.25. And it's a Bible verse that states, a a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes, others will be refreshed. And I, I just, I think it's so cool because, I don't know how much money Chad makes or how wealthy he is. I get it. He made a lot of money (laughs) when he was in the NFL, but the the wide receiver money now versus when he was in the league is much, much different, much different. So it's not like he was making 20 or 18 million per and for him to do that and then put it out there because part of it is putting it out there because people are looking for hope. Right, And and that's why, and I'm not going to dive too much into this, but people right now are looking for hope. And so when you turn on your favorite podcast, maybe Locked on Bengals, or you turn on anything, you're looking for something to be uplifting right now because it's a crappy time in the world. It's not just a crappy time in America. It's a crappy time in the world. And a lot of people are going through hardship. And so when people look at Chad Johnson, at Ocho Cinco's three plus million Twitter followers, and he's doing something like that. It's going to make them smile, and it's going to uplift them. So not only did he help the the serving staff at Havana's, which I, I assume is in Miami, I, I want to say, uh, but but I, I I don't know for sure. I assume he's down there in Miami right now. I know he's in Florida, but but it's just a reminder that there is hope, that things are going to get better. And the more and more I see with sports returning. That gives us more hope right from that aspect of it. And I just I think it is it sucks right now still, but things are starting to open up, hopefully safely. Hopefully it can continue to go in the right direction and we can keep pushing forward. But I thought Chad Johnson, my favorite Bengals player of all time, I'll tell you guys a quick story real quick before we get out of here. I I met Chad for the first time. I believe it was in 2017, because 2017 was the 50th, 2017, 2018, yeah, it was the 50th anniversary, their 50th season, so they had all the players come back, I believe it was 2017, it might be 2016, but I'm pretty sure it was 2017, and I remember asking him a question or two, it was the first time I met him, and I'm like, this is is one of the rare times, because you, you know, you get starstruck a little bit for your first time in locker room and stuff like that. But afterwards, you you just roll with it and it's just part of your job. Well, this time I was like, man, that's Chad Johnson, right? And he looked just like he did back in 04, 05, carving up DBs. And I'm like, all right, well, I got to ask him a question. So I asked him a question about Terrell Pryor. It was the year Pryor had like a 1,000 yards for the Browns. And I was like, how difficult is that of a transition is that? So it must have been a Bengals-Browns game because I wouldn't have asked that otherwise. And we're talking to a pregame. And this is the only time I've ever done this. Afterwards, I was like, hey, Chad, and I'm on a credential and I'm willing to admit it now. I was like, hey, let's get a, can I, will you take a photo with me? And I probably hesitated just like I did there. So I'll leave that in this podcast that (laughs) I probably did that. And uh, I've met him a couple times since, never brought that up. But yeah, that's, that's my only, I'm trying to think. I, I got a, I got a picture with Corey Dillon, but it was more so thanking him for coming on the ESPN 1530 back when I worked there so there really hasn't been many times where I've gotten a photo while being credentialed you know and in, in, in that professional workspace but Chad it was one where I was like all right look I'm making an exception he's literally my favorite Bengals player of all time and uh, I still have that selfie to this day I look awful in it by the way I'm pissed I shouldn't have done a selfie I should I should have had someone take the picture he was like let's selfie it and I'm like all right he looks fine I look ridiculous so there there's my uh there's my Chad Johnson story I also met him in Atlanta in 2018 and he talked with uh, John Ross and A.J. Green before the game. And that was obviously a huge win for the Bengals. Really the last gigantic win for the Bengals where they ended up going 4-1, and one, gotten off to a 4-1 and one start, and it felt like they were going in the right direction. All right, that's enough of me rambling about my encounters with Chad Johnson. Hopefully I'll meet him again this year at Paul Brown Stadium in front of a packed house with a bunch of Burrow jerseys in attendance. By the way, Joe Burrow, eighth in jersey sales updated list uh, from nflshop.com that's going to do it for me make sure you subscribe itunes google play stitcher podbean wherever you get your podcast i'm james rapine jake lisco has you tomorrow right here on locked on Bengals.
1: is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements